Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Mark Denton who's an international award-winning keynote speaker and both a master executive and team coach. So Mark, hello and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Yeah, very glad to be here, Tom. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And just out of interest for some of our listeners, um, especially our global listeners, whereabouts in the world are you right now? Right, I'm on the south coast of the UK down near uh, Southampton, which is about an hour south of London or so, but right on the coast, which is where I like to be. Absolutely. And I think I've seen your talk is all about navigating the storm. So I'm sure we'll talk about that and, and yeah. how it relates to the sea and, and, and boats as well, I guess. Yes. So I just want to just share a little bit more about you before we do get started. So Mark specializes in helping individuals, teams and organizations to navigate confounding change and also deliver breakthrough results. I mentioned a second ago that your the talk you deliver is called Navigating the Storm. And to really kick off this interview, my first question to you is in relation to your journey as a speaker. So is that journey something you feel like you've had to navigate like a storm or were you always a naturally born speaker? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it is something I ha- I've had to navigate. Um, you know, I like speaking. I, so I suppose that helps in being a speaker. You know, I get a buzz out of it. Um, but I also get a buzz about what people, what impact I can have on people and what people take away from my, uh, my particular topic and story. So that also gives me a kick as well. But um, yeah, I've had to navigate it for sure. Great. And we'll talk a little bit more about your journey in a second with that. Um, but first of all, the title of this podcast is called Succeed Through Speaking. When you think of that, do you do you think that speaking is a key part of success and, and, and why is it so important if so? Well, I think you can be successful in, in, in many different fields. Um, you know, I think speakers can have a lot of influence on others. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, from that point of view, I think it's important with success. And certainly, you know, if you need to influence people you know, depending on what you do, in other words, um, to convince people to do something or back you or invest in you or any of those kind of things, you know, speaking is important. Yeah, Yeah. so yeah, absolutely. So as a a business owner or if you're in a career profession, as a professional, um, there are going to be opportunities to speak. And I guess the better you are at it, the more likely you are to achieve your goals as well. Yeah, I think, Tom, I think, you know, in, in any leadership position, you, you'll sooner or later, you'll be called upon to stand in front of a group, whether it's your own team or whether it's others or stakeholders or anything else. So your, you know, your ability uh, to do that well, I think I think is a really important skill. But it, it's certainly not something that comes naturally to so many. No. And and we haven't really talked about the start of your journey, whether it came natural to you or not. So if you think back to the very beginning, what's your earliest memory of having to stand up and deliver a presentation? So, um, yeah, I mean, when I really got into speaking um, was at the end of a, uh, a great adventure that I'd just finished. It was actually leading a team in a round-the-world yacht race. Wow. Um, and I was sponsored by a big company, and the then uh, finance director of that company came to me at, at, at the end of it and said to me, look, I'm getting all my leaders together. 
I want you to come and share what you've learned from this, this incredible adventure. And that scared the living daylights out of me, quite honestly, because yeah. I think my first ever conference was 250 people. Wow. Uh, and I'd never really spoken in front of any kind of size of audience like that. I think I'd stood up in front of groups before because I'd, I'd led a team in a round the world yacht race. So I'd certainly stood up in front of my team and mm -hmm. in other forums. But that, that, was a, that was a pretty big ask. Yeah. And, and that first presentation, when, when you think back, how did it go? What was that? Did you walk away feeling proud or had you wished it had gone differently? How, how did you feel? I, I, you know, to be quite honest, I loved it because actually it went pretty well and I got a standing yeah. ovation and that was my first ever, um, my first ever speech. I mean, there's a couple of reasons for that. I'm, I'm not sure it was because it was that polished or any of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, but it, I was standing up in front of a kind of a home audience, if you like. It was, it was leaders from the company that I just you know, been sponsored by and represented. And so I think, you know, the standing ovation was probably giving me a, a bit more of a clap than, than, than just for what I'd said. Yeah. But it was a real, it was a real thrill. You know, when you, when you, when you do it and do it well, Tom, it's, it's a real buzz. It can be a real buzz. And if you have a real impact on people and you know, you've kind of shifted minds, you know, that can be enormously satisfying. Perfect. And, and I guess anyone listening that's maybe not, they haven't yet stood up in front of a big audience and they're, they're a little bit nervous about it. Is there any advice you could give to them or, or is there any advice you'd give to yourself when you were just starting out as a young Mark speaking? So what advice would I give people? Well, feel, feel the fear and do it anyway, probably. Yeah. Tom, because um, I think the only way to overcome that fear is, is, you know, the only way out is through, and that's a favourite saying of mine. So actually, you know, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and, and, and stepping into uh, that space, I think, is, uh, is really important. Um, and so just feel the fear and do it anyway. But I think preparation is super key in this. Yeah. You know, the more prepared you are, the better it's going to go. And, it, and, and it's as simple as that. So if you are being asked to present, you know, the more practice you do, the more preparation you do, the more you think about the structure of the presentation and everything else, the, you know, the greater your chance of success. I think there's a number of controllables uh, that we can control that can, that, that can really, really help. Um, but, yeah, that would be my advice. You know, definitely prepare, but just, you know, sooner or later you've got to get up and do it, so just get up and do it. Great. Just as a follow-on point and then a follow-on question. So when I first started with this big fear of public speaking, I read every single book on speaking, presenting, confidence, social anxiety. But two years on, I still hadn't actually stood up and, and spoke. So something I'd wished I'd done back then is actually just push myself a little bit outside my comfort zone and maybe found an opportunity to stand up and practice some of these skills much earlier in the journey. Yeah. And you know what? we always talk about is you know whenever you're trying to do something new is look for a low risk opportunity yes don't yes. stand up in front of 250 people no. you know try and get some friends and family together or some colleagues and and just stand up in front of them you know with a view that you're going to get a bit of practice but get a bit of feedback at the end about kind of what worked and, and what are the even better ifs yeah. um rather than what worked and what didn't yeah what worked and what are the even better ifs for next time yeah, so I think perfect. the only way that you're going to learn is to is to do it. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Agree. You can stand in front of the mirror as, as long as you like, Tom. Sooner or later, you know what I think. What really puts the fear of God in people is everybody staring back at them. You know, it, it, looking for divine guidance, kind of thing. And um, 
you know, so uh, the only way that you're going to get that is to is to actually recreate that environment. You know? Yeah, get used to that feeling. And a lot of the things that come up for apprehension with with new speakers that I speak to is fear of judgment, fear of other people's opinions, fear of what if things go wrong. And um, but ultimately, you need to sometimes things need to go wrong for you to learn how to handle them in a real life situation. They do. And, you know, the inner critic is always a bit of an enemy um, for speakers. You know, what's that little voice in your head saying to mm-hmm. you? And if it's saying, you know, you're you know, you're not worthy and you're no good and no one's going to be interested in what you're going to say and what makes you think that, you know, anybody would want to listen to you, you know, none of that is helpful. No. So, but what we have to do is we have to wake up the nurturing voice because there is another voice in our heads. Mm-hmm. And one that's a lot kinder to us and actually say, well, actually, you know, people are going to be interested in what you're going to say. You know, you absolutely have a right, you know, to be sharing your point of view. And, you know, what's the worst that can go wrong, Tom? Yeah, you know, maybe someone in the audience has a different point of view. But, you know, that, that's, that's as maybe we're never going to please all the people all the time. No. So that's not a reason not to do it. And so I think we sometimes have to counteract those negative thoughts that are rattling around in our minds. And and counteract that, analyze them and, and kind of counteract them a little bit um, with, with some more nurturing kind of dialogue. And I think I think mindset's really important when you're going to you know stand up in front of a group. Yeah, absolutely. And just to go back to your point on preparation. So I guess one mistake that I made when I first started out was writing a script word for word, line by line. memorizing it word for word line by line and then just effectively reciting it Um, and I later found out that was a big mistake so I guess what's your advice around preparation yeah um and so look I think you could over prepare and I think that might have been a little bit of over preparation there Tom (laughs) but you know I admire admire your preparation and your levels of um but you know we don't really want to stand up there and be a robot either Um, and so we do need to have some bullet points in our mind. There's no doubt about it. And maybe even bullet points on a card or, or something that we can see easily. But, um, you know, we want to try and be as natural as we can at kind of filling the gaps in between and really, you know, telling a story and telling it from the heart and taking people on a bit of a journey, really. Yeah. Uh, and the more that we can do that without, without uh, saying it word for word, reading off the page is a definite no-no for me. Yeah. But even, you know, memorising it parrot fashion, I don't think that's helpful either. I think we need some bullet points to keep us on track, but then I think we need to trust ourselves to fill in the gaps in between. That's a really good point about trust. And one of my first mentors said to me, questions generate content. So what I mean by that is you can ask yourself a question on stage, for example, and what happened when we did X? And then effectively you can talk about what happened when you did X. So by being able to ask yourself great questions on stage, out loud and then answering them yeah. is, is another great way to generate content yeah and you can probably you know even say so look you know i can probably guess what you're thinking as an audience right now you're probably yeah. thinking you know what did mark do next or whatever else and then you can answer that question so you you could easily do do that and i think there's lots of skills that we can do to um you know keep us safe up there uh, mm-hmm. and, and and help us through you know through our dialogue um but yeah i just think i also think keeping it simple is a good thing yes i mean interacting with the audience and all of those kind of things is is great too but i think it takes a bit of skill to do that and maybe in the early days of presenting you know you really just want to put some preparation into thinking about you know 
what's this subject matter all about? Who's the audience? What's going to be interesting to them? How can I take them on a journey? You know, what's a beginning and a middle and an end mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, to my, um, my presentation? Because, you know, ultimately we are trying to take people on a journey. I always think, you know, try and tell it like a book or like a film or, or, or like a TV programme. And, 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 you know, start at the start and, you know, um, take them through an interesting middle and then have a really good con- conclusion at the end. And you can't really go wrong with that. Excellent. Yeah, love that advice. Keep it simple. Have there been any cra- catastrophic speaking failures for you over the years? Has anything gone wrong? Um, let me think. I mean, you know, I'd love to say, honestly, you know, no. I can't think of anything really catastrophic. Primarily because I'm a bit of a stickler for preparation. Yes. Like Tom, Good. you know, I, I get there early. Yeah. You know, I, I sound check. I make sure my equipment's going to work. I, you know, the only catastrophic things that have happened to me is all of a sudden I've got there and I haven't got the right piece of equipment. Yeah. Like I run on, a, on an Apple MacBook and, and Apples have these little adapters that you have to yes. plug in that allows you to connect to projectors and all of mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Um, and there's been a couple of occasions where I've turned up and I've been searching through my bag. Yeah. Um, and if you can't find that adapter, all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stuffed. But um, I've always managed to get myself out of it, oh, really by someone else having the adapter or me being able to transfer my presentation onto someone else's laptop or, or, or whatever else. But the crucial thing that stopped me having anything catastrophic is, is that I'm, I am there early. Yeah, and I am checking everything, and I, I I really dot the i's and cross the t's around that. Great, no, that's great. Um, a lot of value in there actually around getting there early, making sure you double check and triple check you've got all the right equipment. Um, yeah, yeah, great, and and then have a backup plan as well if if anything does go wrong. Yeah, Tom, you just you never want to be setting up in front of everyone else while everybody's waiting for you to speak. It will totally unnerve you if yeah. if it doesn't work. That will totally unnerve you. And, and my advice is to do everything you can to control the controllables. Because actually when you're still in front, up in front of people, that, that's, that's a little bit more uncontrollable. Yeah. Um, so control what you can and what, uh, what you can't. You're just going to have to, you know, trust your ability to be able to pull that off. Perfect. So we've had some advice from you for people starting out. We've yeah. had some advice for you when things might go wrong or how to prevent that. What about people who really want to pursue a career as a paid keynote speaker? Do you have any advice for those people? Yeah, you know, I have, I have lots of advice for them. Um, but there's, there's a few key things I think mm-hmm. that's worth really notice, uh, you know, noting. The, the, my first advice is that if you really want to become a paid keynote speaker, you have to really think about picking your lane, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what is your specialist subject and why would anybody want to pay you, you know, t- to hear that at the end of the day? Um, speakers that, that just think that they can be all things to all people and speak on a myriad of topics will never be successful. And actually, to be honest, I'll, I'll be surprised if they even get a job, primarily because that's very hard for people to buy. Yes. They don't know what you speak about and what value you add. How can they? How can they work out whether, whether you're the right speaker for them or not? So you've got to pick your lane. And, you know, that lane can come in many different ways. You know, it, one is it might be your, your expertise or it might be, you know, who you speak to. Mm-hmm. Like this particular presentation is all about those that are starting out speaking. 
you know so you'd want to really think about what what you know what might be relevant for those people and you need to be able to you know package that so that other people can really understand it and see the value of it yeah great so that would be a really important piece of advice um because there's a there's thousands of speakers out there tom but those that are busy and they're getting paid well for what they do one is they have a clear lane Mm-hmm. Two is that they're, they're great storytellers and yeah. they have thought long and hard about how to structure their presentations and make them engaging. And they've, they've often worked on them over years in, in order to get them to where they are now. I'm 20 years in mm-hmm. um, and I'm still, you know, still looking to keep refining what I do. So I think you need to be, you know, you know, up for all of that. Yeah. Perfect. That's great advice. Big takeaways. Yeah, really, really appreciate that. And the next question is quite a topical one. And it's on the back of the, you know, 2019 global pandemic. It pretty much wiped out keynote and and stage speaking. So how did you transition during this period? So um, you can always see these big things like this as an opportunity or a threat. And you know what, to start off with, I thought it was a threat. My diary imploded. Yes. You know, and I think you, if you speak to any speaker, that's what they'll say. But after a while, I actually thought this is a huge opportunity on a couple of fronts. One was to spend time refining my speech. Yep. Second thing was to spend time refining my marketing. And I did an enormous amount of work on my marketing in lockdown. Right. Mm-hmm. But the third thing I did was convert to virtual. And, yep. and so I built a studio here that would allow me to deliver my speech to anyone anywhere in the world without me even leaving my home and actually what that did was open up a massive new market because when we're flying around and um, flying transatlantic and those kind of things actually you know what costs the most money is getting us there it's almost bigger than it's almost bigger than your feed top Mm -hmm. so actually offering virtual is is a really good option it, it, it allows you to beam into any conference or boardroom anywhere in the world. It means that people don't have to travel to, you know, come and listen to you. It means you can get to much bigger audiences, much bigger target market. And so I put a lot of effort into virtual. Great. And that was about how do I show up really well in the virtual space? So I'm sitting in my studio right now. And this isn't how I would normally present. No. Yep. If I was presenting virtually, I have a special way of presenting when mm-hmm. I present virtually. So that's what I did. Great. And and do you think that it's here to stay or are people desperate to get back into stage speaking and global speaking? Well, you know, we all want to get back on a stage because we all love yep. live events because we'd yep. much rather be speaking in front of a live audience than speaking into a camera, Tom. But is yep. it here to stay? Absolutely, it's here to stay. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I've done six this year and I've got another two coming up this month that, that are all virtual. You know, and they're they're they are beaming out to global audiences, and that you know that's 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 here to stay. Global conferences are here to stay. It costs a lot of money to move people around, fly everybody somewhere, put them up in a hotel for two or three days, fly us in as speakers. They can put the same conferences on for the for a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the wear and tear on people. Yeah, uh, and moving them about, and the pandemic's still going on, of course. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think virtual speaking is going anywhere anytime soon. I think, I think this is another part of what we what we need to be good at doing. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I've got one final question for you today. Yeah. If anybody does want to 
book you as a speaker, find out more about you or just connect with you online, where should they do that? Yeah, www.markdenton.co.uk uh, is, is my site. You know, I'd love you to go there. As I said, I put a lot of effort into it during lockdown. There's a you know, great showroom, great visuals there. You know, it really shares what my story is all about. So that's where to go, markdenton.co.uk. Perfect. And what I'll do, Mark, is I'll share that in the show notes. People can just click on that and dive right in. So, Mark, thank you so much again for your time today. I really appreciate you coming along and sharing your story with our audience. Brilliant, Tom. Thanks for inviting me. Lovely to be here. Love anybody to connect with me on, 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 on LinkedIn. You know, stay in touch if I can help in any way. You know, do get in touch. Appreciate that. Thanks again. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. <laughs>